What's up, everybody? This is Allie, and you're listening to the Inside Out with Allie podcast. Want the keys to unlock your highest potential in life and business? More people than ever are building impressive empires all over the world. So on this show, I sit down with various CEOs, leaders, entrepreneurs, and changemakers to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies that they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Out with Ali. I am so excited to introduce this next guest that I have here with me today. We've got Blue here. This is one of my friends and sisters that I met in Peru on a retreat called Warrior Retreats, where we spent two and a half weeks, almost three weeks, traveling all over the country, exploring different pockets, different places. Blue, welcome to the podcast. So good to have you here. A little bit about Blue for those of you who do not know her. She is a motivational speaker, an artist, a musician. She has a podcast and she's the co-founder of a school called Fluorescence, which is a modern mystery school for women, which is something I'm super interested to learn more about. But yeah, basically, you know, one of the things I want to share about Blue, this is one of the most inspiring women I've ever met. And, you know, when we were in Iquitos, Peru, we were in the jungles and we got to do a plant medicine ceremony, a plant medicine called ayahuasca. And with this experience, what happens is you do see, you know, you might hallucinate, you might see different things. And one of the things that I actually saw on this experience was an image of Blue. And I was laying down and Blue was grabbing my hand and she was pulling me up saying, come on, sister, let's go. It's time to step into leadership. It's time to step into your queendom. You've got this. And it was this pureness, this beautiful heart-centered sister pulling up another sister because she truly embodies love. She truly embodies wanting to see the empowerment of other women and is truly all about sisterhood. And so, you know, this was my experience for on the whole trip. And Leads me to my first question, Blue. You know, you you have this this modern mystery school for women. It's I know a little bit. It's about empowering women to step in into sisterhood and in, in, into their own power. But can you tell me a little bit more about the school, about your your story behind how you got to building this this school? Well, thanks for the introduction, and I'm really honored and really grateful to be here and to be a second ever guest on your podcast. Um, really exciting. Congratulations for birthing <laughs> this magical offering out into the world. May it touch the hearts and the minds and the souls of hundreds of thousands of people all around the world um, and inspire them into their greatness through the magic and the wisdom that you share throughout this uh, throughout this journey. So I'm really, really honored to be here. Thank you so much. And yeah, wow, it's been a journey. Uh, I can tell you that from a place of uh, you know, empowering women and seeing the magic in them and creating curriculums and online trainings to support women to really step into their truth, to find their voice, to really align with their power, has also come from a journey of not being empowered, of not understanding what it is that I'm here on the planet to do, of not understanding what it means to be a woman with the Stargate enterprise between our legs from one dimension to the next. I didn't understand the power of this. I had to completely be blinded from it to then actually be able to step into my power and then therefore support other people so it's been a journey to get to this point however I think what really sparked it was to be in the present 
experience of other empowered women when I wasn't empowered and to witness them in their truth, to witness them, the way that they danced or move their bodies or would flow with the music or the way that they would make eye contact really strong while they were in conversation or the way that they would hold their spine straight and their heart forward while they're being strong and soft simultaneously, the way that they would adorn themselves with their clothes and, and the shawls or whatever it was. I remember being in the presence of empowered women and going, oh, that's what it feels like for a woman to know her worth. Mm -hmm. I can feel it in the presence of, and then what that would do is highlight within me all the areas that I wasn't really fully stepping in. Now there's two choices in that. I could be uh, intimidated. I could compare myself. I could put myself down, make myself less than and place a pedestal on that person, which is actually a dishonoring of myself and them because it's basically saying that this is who you are and you can't be anything outside of that because I'm putting you on a pedestal. And also it's making me less than because I haven't fully stepped into my own authentic truth. Now, the other option is to utilize this reflection as inspiration and go, wow, that's what it looks like for her to be in her truth. I can do that too if she can do that as well. And through her reflection, I'm going to step into my own unique groove and lane and my own unique expression of that level of empowerment. Now, that's the two options that we have. Now, we have a deep-rooted sister wound, which kind of programs us to compare ourselves or to put another down or to say, well, if you're winning, then I got to lose, right? Which is a, a win-lose situation, recognizing actually when you win, I win. When you're in your power, I'm in my power. When you're in your power, there is a more beautiful world for my children and my children's children to live in because there is a woman living in her compassionate truth. So recognizing that there's two choices when we are in the presence of someone in their power, we either step in or we make ourselves less than. And what I've witnessed within you is that you've stepped in, right? You, you and I got to play in the same field on the retreat. We got to sit in the same ceremonies. You got to sit in ceremony and have a vision of me coming over to you and pulling you forward. Now you could have gone, nah, or you could have gone, I trust you. Let's go, you know, and stand up and move into your power. And what you're doing, physically, what you're doing is you've gone, hey, Blue, you've inspired me with your podcast, what you've created, your journey, how you show up, how you speak, whatever it is that I have presented in your in your field of awareness that has inspired you. And what you've done with it is you've gone, I'm going to step in. I'm going to build my podcast. I'm going to find my group. I'm going to get on my workout game. I'm going to find find this juice in being single and like aligning myself with my own truth and packing myself with my own value. So what you've done is you've, you've chosen option B, you've chosen the opportunity to actually step into your authentic essence and therefore create a more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible because you decided to live your life from a place of your full fuck yes. And so that I believe is what the journey is about is, is it of empowerment, why I created this, um, I co-founded this experience uh, with with a dear sister of mine, Reggie River, um, because I believe that once we actually create a new default of empowerment, then the responsibility comes, then share it, then empower others, then uplift others, then reflect the beauty that you see in other people. So there becomes a responsibility with great power comes wrong, with great responsibility to actually then be of service from that place, but only from an authentic place, right? So what will happen is that as you continue to step into your groove, as you continue to step into your power, as you continue to fearlessly share your voice, as you continue to stand on stage and motivationally share and empower other people through your journey, what will happen is that seed of inspiration that was flicked between you and I now lives within you 
and then you're going to now flick it to other people and then they're going to step in and they're going to flick it to other people. And that's how it spreads. That's how empowerment, that's how beauty, that's how connection, that's how sisterhood, that's how unity is born is from somebody saying, you know what, I'm going to use your reflection as an invitation for me to step into my greatness. And so I want to, again, acknowledge that I came to your 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 mat in a vision I, while you were on ayahuasca deep in the Amazon jungle, trip mold than one of the strongest solutions on the planet. And, <laughs> and you decided to put your action where your inspiration was. And that is the art of integration. So it's been a journey from disempowerment to empowerment. There's been many different intricate things that have happened for me and which I'm happy to break down there's many to unpack but I believe that when women really actually step into their power find their authentic voice and listen to their intuition beyond any other voices in the world they become very hard to control and when we have women that are not very easy to control then we have women that are giving birth to children that are not very easy to control and then we have a new paradigm of how we we through freedom on this planet beyond the societal expectations of controlling and individuals and then them just sort of falling in line and taking a ticket and just regurgitating what they've heard from society now we have free thinking children and then we have a kind of mission on our hands so i'm here for it i love it <laughs> imagine a world with free thinking children imagine that oh, world. i'm here for it i'm here for it oh my god the kids that are being born right now their ever their consciousness like they are so brilliant they're so tapped in we get to become the students of the next generation if we think that we have something figured out and we've got to tell them how to live nah we got it all wrong they're our teachers we're just keeping them safe while they learn how to navigate this like 3d realm but they're coming in with a level of consciousness that is so far beyond what we can even comprehend and so we've got to like We've got to make sure that they get to stay in their magic without us all projecting onto them what we think they should be. It's just like, let them be free. Let them show us what it means to be connected with nature. Let them show us what it means to listen to our intuition. Let them be our teacher and us be our guide, guardians so that they can weave on this planet in a safe way until they can start taking care of themselves. Powerful. What do you think the shift is for this generation that's coming in? What's the difference? I think the difference is there's like an inherited like a connection like it's almost like that intuition doesn't have as much static noise as or like generational generational suppression so essentially our our generation is still healing the trauma from the past generation so we're healing our mother's trauma through us we're healing our father's trauma through us where actually the next generation from the mothers that have actually done the work have actually faced off with themselves have actually done deep into the subconscious mind and start to heal any shame suppression guilt trauma or inherited patterns the next generation don't have to heal for the generation before. They're just healing for themselves. So if they come in to a, an experience where the mother is supporting their magic and letting them listen to their intuition and letting them run around free in the forest and are being raised by their aunties and uncles and are remembering what it means to be in communion, then they don't have to actually go through 15 years of healing the past generation's trauma. They can go straight for, off from the start of being like, I'm here, I'm free, and I'm dialed in with the magic from the get-go. Wow. <laughs> That's a gift right there. Exactly. <laughs> and it's also a responsibility as a woman. You know, every single person on this planet came from a woman. As a woman that has the ability to pull a non-physical being into a physical reality through the Stargate Enterprise between our legs, our yoni, our pussy, whatever you want to call it. It's like literally birthing a child that then the responsibility is as much trauma as I peeled 
is is also the freedom that I'm giving this individual. So if I've not healed my own trauma, or if I have unconscious patterns, or if I have anger that lashes out, that child then will start to absorb that, and then it will go through another generation. And so there's a responsibility as a woman, as the gatekeeper from life, from from non-physical to physical life. We must heal the deeper rooted wounds that we carry so that we don't pass it to the next generation. That's our responsibility if we want to be a mother. When, you know, we're talking specifically about empowerment and, you know, especially within, you know, women to women, we've talked about there are, you know, such things as these sisterhood wounds. How do we as women start this journey of healing on this path? Like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. Well, I think even, even just bringing it into our conscious awareness that it's a thing, right? Like, even knowing that oh wait there's a such a thing as like empowering ourselves or there's such a thing as sister work or there's such a thing as a sister wound like what is the sister wound right well i'll tell you what the sister wound is is uh, most if not all women listening to this will be able to associate with uh with the sister wound is like the deep-seated feeling of competition between myself and other women that if they win then I don't or if they if they are more brilliant than me then they may attract the guy and I won't attract the guy and it's my survival like through my association with a partner is where my deep-rooted survival comes in from and then also like recognizing that there was a big wave of the witch hunt and it's kind of like been passed over in history textbooks that that even happened but there was like a mass killing a mass killing of women that were connected to nature that of women that listened to the elements of women that had a deep relationship with animals of women of women that had like a deep relationship to the herbs and the healing properties of the, the medicinal medicines of plants like these women were cast out as witches and the way that essentially they were conditioned to turn against each other was going well we won't kill you and your family for being a witch if you just let us know who are the witches in the village so mm. then it was like oh well if i tell you that she's a witch and she's a witch and she's a witch now my family's safe so deep 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 in our dna memory the memory in the core of our beings that came didn't start with this lifetime is the memory of having to just to survive you have to rat out your sister now what this mm. is doing is it's creating a very deeply rooted sister wound between women and so it's survival of the fittest and mm. it, it's where actually one of our greatest gifts is sisterhood one of our greatest gifts for our empowerment for our evolution for the way that we can truly come into fruition in this life is having women in our corner that will speak our name in a room full of opportunity women that really have our backs that are like right here with us that, that, that hold us when we're down and celebrate us when we win and love us unconditionally no matter what and and really have each other's you know have each other's backs in this life and that is one of the greatest ways that we can grow however we've got to move through this deep sister wound that says like well if she wins then i'm going to lose or if if she's in her power then she's going to get the attraction of the man that i want and it's just like it's just competition that is actually sucking us dry of our vitality when actually if we support each other we can win exponentially more and so recognizing that that there's a need for that medicine that's when myself and reggie decided to create this space because we have devoted our lives over the past decade to learn tools and techniques and altar building to healing our relationship with our finances to understanding our astrology to 
womb medicine and to universal universal healing energy that moves through our hands to spell casting to word medicine to writing songs and and learning how to write medicine music you know to activating our voices to speaking clearly to using media as medicine like these are many different tools that we've cultivated over the last decade that we've action packed into a space that's gone you know what we need the world needs sisterhood the world needs women supporting each other the whole world will heal when women support each other and this is a container that's going to hold that to support women to really come into their, their magic and their power through a decade of, of tools and practices all in one space while held in the accountability of sisters. That's what the essence is. Mm, that's so juicy. Honestly, it's beautiful to hear a little bit more about this project because first of all, I remember you were talking when we were in Peru, you were telling me your story, where you came from. I mean, you grew up as a young girl in sisterhood. So I feel like you've gotten such great experience in it. You've gotten to deeply know the meaning and importance of sisterhood not everyone gets to know that so early on in life yeah i was I in boarding school i first started boarding in a british boarding school at the age of seven years old and so i was sent away from home um to go and live with my sisters and i was placed in a boarding house it's almost like harry potter it's the best way to describe to americans specifically because a lot of americans love harry potter and it's like the best way to have a reference point because it's very very similar to harry potter in the sense that there was like there was a boarding school and there was boarding houses so there was like gryffindor or slytherin but but we had different names obviously but we had house colors and we have our scarves with our house colors and we'd all play different sports against the different houses and it was a whole thing we went on broomsticks but we were still you know in the competition with our house scarf colors on and, and so I was in this boarding house called the mitre and the mitre was a house with 54 women oh well, girls actually like young girls and all aging you know the age range of over five years but I was raised by 54 sisters you know I was in sisterhood from a very very young age and you know we would all gather in each other's rooms and pull pranks on each other and we'd be there when you know a sister was really going through a hard time and we would like laugh hysterically and we would get drunk when we were not allowed to we'd sneak out and like get drunk in our room and be crazy and outrageous and we just did all of those crazy things you know as you do as your kids and that was the foundation of my life was that I was raised by my sisters so it really locked this in in like a fundamental way of the power of sisterhood and the importance of it and also recognizing like I, I got a training in from a really young age of like interpersonal sisterhood relationships of there's also going to be gossip and there's also going to be people putting you down and there's also going to be people ganging up on you and there's like that all of that sort of stuff happens too and how how to really hold space for a sister that is going through a time and, and you know the, the best way to create a streamlining experience is never speak ill about anyone behind their back otherwise it's going to come back and like stab you in the side you know so there's many different little things that I learned during that time. It wasn't the concept of me being a student and there being a teacher, but more so life as the teacher. And I got to learn the do's and the don'ts just from living for five years with my sisters. I mean, really important lessons. And my experience in the last, you know, 10 years, my whole life really, but in the last 10 years, it's when I really started recognizing the importance of sisterhood and the importance of the type of women you have in your life and who you surround yourself with and how much of a game changer that can actually be. And one of the things that I didn't realize when I was younger is that you can have people in your life, you can have women in your life, but there's a difference between having women in your just women and actual sisters. People who have your back, people who want to see you win, people who are cheering you on, people who are truly in your corner, who are your ride or dies and are with you till like death do they part, right? And speak on what it means to like build your sisters, your sister circle to support us in our evolution. Well, I think that's a really great point in the sense of that not everyone's going to have you back. Just not 
now. Like, and the more that you in your power, the more that you are in your unwavering voice, the more that you are in your sexual expression or your sensual expression, the more that you allow your body to move and be the first one on the dance, the more unapologetic you are around your creative expression, it's going to trigger the fuck out of people. It just is. Um, because what it's going to do is it just medicine in itself already. What it's going to do is going to highlight within others, specifically sisters, but just in general within others, where they're not fully expressed. Your sexual expression or your sensual liberation is going to be triggering for anyone that is not in their own expression or their own power around that lane and that avenue. Now, recognizing like five T's, Azria Cohen, uh, Azria Beck Cohen taught me this, trust the trigger to teach, five T's. So this second that a trigger comes up, it's teaching us something. Now, based off of lower levels of awareness is going to be whether we reabsorb it as curriculum or we just project it out as to, oh, well, I just don't care she's about it. Like that is a projection that, that you're you're not trusting the trigger to teach you. You're directing that the trigger is all of a sudden somebody else's fault. That's lame. That's the complete devoid of grace. Grace is the frequency where you do not have blame in your view. If you aren't blaming, you are completely releasing your grace out of your experience. So the trust that trigger teach is an opportunity to recognize, oh, this woman is in sexual or sensual power, empowerment. She's dancing the way like by herself, like from this place power. I'm super triggered by it. Now that's particular me to recognize I have a deeper level of liberation happen in that area of my life because I feel contracted. Recognizing that, yes, we're talking about sisters and having each other's eye and you're going to, when you're in your power, trigger the shit out of anyone that is not in their own. And it's not a time during that point to then go, oh, well, my expression too much, I'm going to shut down. Because newsflash, you're going to be judged and you're going to trigger people. Yay! That's just inevitable. And the more you're expressed, the more you're going to trigger Hey, It means you're doing something right. But the second that the trigger shows up is not the time to shut down your expression. That is actually the medicine that is needed. And so realizing that it is important that the discernment of who you choose as your immediate people, as your immediate reflections of those that are in celebration of your expression, are in celebration of your life force, are in celebration of your unapologetic creative energy that is pulsing out of your body and your being and your voice and your expression in every moment and that are there when you are broken down that hold you in a beautiful place of unconditional love during those times now that is what sisterhood is and that is not going to be everybody because there's going to be a lot of people that are filtered out because triggered by you and your expression that do not want you to succeed because it makes them less than but that's not yours to carry right it's not your fault keep singing keep dancing and it will filter out those that are not ready for your medicine yeah, and that's okay. And I, I can count on one hand the women that I choose to have my, as my immediate reflections in my life. We have gone through thick and thin. We have died many ego deaths in each other's presence. We have had each other's back no matter what. These are the women that I want around me that are affecting me, not women that are threatened by my life. There's a lot of, I'm blaming it. There's a lot of power that's through me. And if my power intimidates you, then we're not necessarily meant to be mirrors just yet. And I love you as a sister from over here. Mm. And I won't speak well, about you and I won't put you down and I'm not going to put any miss energetic hygiene and contribute to the, the connection only speak of you in the highest but my discernment goes and I love you from over here until you're ready to take ownership of your life yeah 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 you're not taking it personal you're not taking it on as your own and you're still operating in full integrity with who you be who you are in your full power that's so important mm-hmm. and it's so important that we as women allow ourselves to step into that power own that power it is it's it's having that discernment and it's okay to create that space there's this idea that we have to be friends with everyone we have to maintain 
understanding all the relationships we've ever had, we have to have it look a certain way. But in actuality, that discernment is more important now than ever. Mm -hmm. And the discernment piece is based, the invitation is based off of how it deals within the body, right? Like our body, our body keeps the score. Our intelligence in our body is so far beyond our mind because our mind can project stories of pain and hurt and like live in a future or past timeline. Or we've got to be really mindful not to believe all of our thoughts because our thoughts can be tainted by past experiences. However, our body, whether it feels contraction or expansion, is always telling us that something's going on here much far beyond the mind. And that is the intelligence of deep inherent intelligence, the ability to listen to what our body is saying and be so connected to our body that we actually start to hear the whispers of what she's expressing. Mm, Thank you for sharing that, Blue. I want to pivot just a little bit because I do want to talk a little bit about purpose. One of the things I learned about you when we were together, you were like, I love my life. I'm so live in this state of gratitude. You built such a beautiful, just beautiful life with everything you're doing. And you're so impact driven. Like you're all about how can I make a difference? And I want to talk more about that because you are one of the people that I see it to be really in purpose. And I want to talk about what it means to actually live a life in purpose. Thank you. Uh, beautiful question. Well, I think that first and foremost, the way to create the default of a beautiful life is to be at peace with death process. It's to be at peace or to, to soften and surrender to when shit really hits the fan. Like it's really uncomfortable because it would be completely bypassing that to live a beautiful life is just that life is great every single day would be a complete uh, injustice to the respect of the shadow nature and recognizing that there can be you know tomorrow something can blindside me and bring me to my knees and be like oh my gosh like like, it could be heartbreak like separating from a partner that you love deeply or it could be losing a family member or it could be you know losing a limb or a sense being dampened or you know these really big things that can happen inside us and bring us to our knees no matter where we're at in our journey no matter where we're at in our spiritual evolution that we are not immune from life happening and there being the exhale as much as there is the inhale now within that piece this is actually where the existential kink lives is softening trusting and surrender when shit hits the fan that this too is also sacred now that is the unfuckwithable mindset because when there is a deep level of trust in the uncertain discombobulated heartbroken and distraught and I still trust this that is what's lacing the blessing to be presented of why it's happening but when we fight it when we think it's supposed to be different when we blame our external world when we are angry when we project our internal pain onto the onto the others into our personal relationship this is when things get really sticky and challenging and this is when we get caught in a cycle in a very low level loop so that I think is the foundational piece to build a beautiful life is to trust in the really uncomfortable deeply painful discombobulating times as much as we trust the creativity the love the connection the celebration the dancing and all of the beauty too and so I believe that our capacity to feel the grief and the pain is also our capacity to feel the ecstasy and the love and so as much as I allow myself to like before I went to warrior retreats like I was like in a, in a really deep death portal I call it a death portal based on like, like when everything's crumbling and I don't know what my next move is and I feel really unworthy I was in that for four months three months like really in it and then when I actually started to heal and allowed to come back to my center and be surrounded by beautiful human and by connecting with nature and giving back it really brought me back to myself and then when I came back to myself now my capacity over the last three weeks has been oh my gosh I'm back in my exercise and I'm feeling inspired and my activity's back and so the joy and like the excitement because of the contrast because I allowed myself to die now all of a sudden it's so much bigger and it's so much like liberated and like ah you know like really excited 
amazing because of the capacity in which I allow myself to die. And so I think that is the foundation for a beautiful life of going, you know what? I mean, there's many different components to it, but to go, all right, well, I'm going to start doing the things that I love. I'm going to start listening to my heart. I'm going to actually start honoring the creativity that wants to come through me. I'm going to build the podcast of what I wanted to create. I'm going to share my stories. I'm going to stand on that stage courageously. I'm going to sing when my voice shakes because I'm going to do it and make move through fear. Those kind of decisions over a prolonged period of time creates a life of beauty, but it requires the ability to get uncomfortable to actually create a new foundation based off of life. Right. So you're basically saying it's not looking at it as life is happening to us. It's happening for us, essentially. Even the challenging of the challenging situations that come across our plate, it's easy to look at these as like, oh, this is bad, that this is happening and this is terrible, but it's actually happening because there is space that needs to be created in order for us to bring in what is meant for us, for us to step into that next evolution of the life that we actually want. Right. Like majority, mm. like a lot of people, I mean, ultimately there's many different layers to it. There's environmental, there's like our upbringing, where we came from, the the, the pieces that we we had to work through, depending whether, you know, it's a very different experience if, you, if you're born as, as a white woman in America, as you are born in a third world country, um, in, in, a, in a family of poverty or whatever. Like there's many different contrasting experiences of, of what we incarnated into. I can only speak on behalf of my own personal lane of my personal experience and the privilege that I've also had in my life, which is granted a massive advantage, I would say, because the societal upbringing that I had. And so it is case by case. However, I have witnessed people that have come from really, really challenging environments and they have come in with the mindset of I am the creator of my reality as opposed to I am the victim of my circumstances. And those people that have shifted the narrative from victim consciousness to creative consciousness have significant evolved exponentially. Like for example, Brandon, the founder of Warrior Tree, you know, he grew up in a project. Like he grew up in a very challenging environment. He didn't have his father around. His mother was, you know, his life. And he grew up in in very deep state and did not have education um, to support him, did not have healthy mentors, did not have leadership role models. And he had to create it for himself. But the difference of why I believe Brandon is who he is today is because he came in with the creative conscious mentality, not victim consciousness. No matter what happened in his life, he was not a victim. He was the creator behind it. And now that's led him. And it's essentially his message is that he's come from the streets to the sky. Because that one shift of consciousness has, has allowed him, no matter what his circumstance, he has become the pioneer and the creator of it. And so that is true inspiration for me, is that no matter what your circumstance, you can become the creator of the reality in which you choose to create a life by design, no matter how much resistance is presented based off of external circumstances. What was the turning point for you? Like when you went from, you know, that you weren't always in your, your power. Tell us about that pivotal point in your life where you actually turned the tables and said, no, I'm going to live in purpose. I'm going to, I'm going to not be the victim. I'm going to be the victor in this. So there was multiple pieces. One being at the age of 16 years old, my mom introduced me to a book called The Seek. And I was remember I was painting my bedroom at the time I was 16 and I started listening to an audible and, and it was telling me about how like our thoughts, thoughts create things and that we can actually create a life that we want if we so like become the power behind our thoughts and I was like wait what I hadn't even been introduced to that concept I was like but I was also like coming from a very immature material place and I was like wait so if I think about a Range Rover enough I can get a Range Rover like you know what's happening like I just open I put out of a Range Rover you know and I put it on my wall and be like that's what I'm gonna have yes I still don't have a Range Rover <laughs> so it, but it, what it did is it introduced the concept that we are although our thoughts can actually hold the vibrational charge that emanate out of our reality which can only bring more we emanate right so that's when the seed got 
wanted, but it wasn't the biggest turning point for me was when I was sitting in the doctor's office going for like a regular hearing checkup. And I've noticed that my hearing was like getting worse. And I went with my brother and the doctor basically had some really stunning results and shared with us that we would need to get checked over the next few months to witness the progression. But our hearing is like, is not in a, in is not a race. It's in a concerning place. And over a six month like period, we did a bunch of check, tests and checks. And basically what they said with us is that we're both going deaf. It's hereditary. So it was a byproduct of a mutated gene between my parents and that it's aggressive, meaning it's getting worse and it's completely incurable, that there's no cure of it. So basically at the age of 23, I'm told that I'm going deaf and there's nothing I do about it. And so that was a massive jolt. That was like, wait, what? Everything that I think that I know about my life or how this is going to unfold or the direction that this is going to go is all of a sudden now in question. And everything that was predictable is now all of a sudden not predictable. And maybe I won't hear my own voice or maybe I won't be able to sing. And so all of a sudden now these fears around like expression or music, singing, all of a sudden didn't become very valid because I didn't have tomorrow guaranteed. And so that I went on like, I'm still on this journey, right? Like, you know, like you saw in the ceremony while I'm laying on the healing mat and this whole story in itself, but like we have the shamans working on me and helping me clear the energy that's like, like fully clogged in my ears. But what that did is it took me on a journey of going, I'm not going to sleep on my potential. I'm not going to just live a life based off of what other people think or other people want me to be or like what other people think success is. You know, I am not going to live in this like nine to five office job and just be miserable and live for the weekend anymore because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I could be dead by the end of the week. I don't know what's going to happen. So that was when I decided to book a one, like a book a travel ticket alone. I bought a guitar and I always wanted to play the guitar and I always wanted to sing, but I was always way too afraid to sing in front of people. And I was always got so nervous and my voice would crack and it was never on key. And I was like, <laughs> and I just said, you know what? If anybody asks me if I'm a musician while I'm carrying my brand new guitar, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to show up for the world as the version of myself that I've always wanted to be because tomorrow's not guaranteed. And I went solo and I traveled around the world and, and I and I started playing music and I learned four chords off of YouTube and that's all I needed to know for like 10 songs. And I just, I literally would sing Itsy Bitsy Spider for five hours on my own in my room. Just like Itsy Bitsy Spider was up the wall. But what I was doing was I was this sound better or 1% more aligned every single day of the version of myself that I wanted to be. And so this took me on adventures and I fell in love and I had my heart broken. And I learned music and I sang and my voice cracked and I made a mistake, but then I got up and did it again. And I just started to live a life by design as opposed to live a life by projection of what other people's version of success is. And that really is when my life began. When I quit my nine to five, when I went traveling, I became an artist. I got my guitar and, and I ended up in plant medicine ceremonies and I introduced my, got introduced to ayahuasca and blew the lid off of my reality of what I thought I knew this human experience was all about. And then I found about the gene keys and it's a technology of astrology. And I just became so saturated by healing back the veil of the human experience and understanding mysticism and understanding medicine music and understanding the shamanic realms. And, and it just hasn't stopped since then. And I just love being a student of the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> it's really beautiful to hear. It's so relatable too, because it was the same for me when I quit my nine to five. It was probably one of the scariest things I had ever done, leaving everything I knew, the safety blanket that I had to jump into this space I had no idea about. There was no money being put into my bank account every other week anymore. And while it was the scariest decision I think I've ever made, it 
it was what allowed me to really find my true calling, my path, the, the things that light me up. And mm-hmm. it takes great courage to do it. And it's not easy. It's hard. It took me four years to quit my corporate job. I wanted to quit for four years. It's a long time. And so what would you say to the people listening who are at that point? They're wanting to quit the job. They're wanting to take the leap, but they're afraid to do it. They, they hear the success stories of people like you or people like me who like took the leap and, you know, it ended up being the most wild, most beautiful, most inspiring ride. Challenging at times, of course, right? We don't want to just sugarcoat it completely, but ultimately completely worth it. What do you say to those people to give them that little extra push or what is it that they should know? Yeah, so I would definitely, I wouldn't recommend just like listening to this podcast and be like, oh, hey, I'm super inspired. I'll quit my job tomorrow. Like, because what that can do, actually, it can catapult us into a realm of like, what the fuck have I done? I've bitten off more than I can chew. And now I'm kind of drowning in my own fear, right? Recognizing that it gets, it can be like a slow integration of what was I doing at the age of five before the world told me who I was supposed to be? So if I was to answer that question, I would say I was making art. And I was putting on plays and performances for my family. And I was dancing all the time. And I was dressing up. And I was interviewing brilliant people and asking them amazing questions. And this is who I was before the world told me who I was supposed to be, before education system had me choose a major. You know, like I had to like funnel it into one thing. And so how can I do more of that while I'm still in my other job? Like, how can I give myself one hour a day that just focuses on the things that light my heart? without having to put that I need to make money from it without having to put so much pressure that this now needs to become the the way that I pay my rent or the way that I feed myself or the way that I cover bills for my children you know it's a big responsibility when you're a mother or when you when you have children it's not just a responsibility based off of your own needs but how can I start to pay my through my time my presence my attention to the universe more of that that I'm calling it because the universe can only give us that that we're emanating so if I'm emanating compromise, dread, not wanting to do what I'm doing, but doing it anyway, the universe can only bring us more of that energy. So more compromise, more work that's going to be that's not soul fulfilling. Or if I'm now spending an hour every day in meditation or an hour every day drawing or an hour every day dancing in front of the mirror, what I'm doing is I'm saying to the universe, I'm actually calling in more of this energy. So before you know it, you're standing with some friends and they're like, hey, we have a dance class tonight. You want to come? Because a week ago, I spent two hours dancing in front of the mirror. Now, all of a sudden, that becomes a vibrational match for a conversation that says, hey, you want to come to a dance class? And then you're at the dance class and all of a sudden you meet this beautiful, handsome new man. Who's this guy? And then you get into conversation. He's like, I'm leading a retreat and would love for you to come. Now, before you know it, you're in the middle of a retreat of people singing and it's a a medicine songwriting workshop. But this is in vibrational alignment with the song that you started writing with the hour that you had outside of your job, which now became a vibrational match. You're sitting in a circle and everybody's singing and you're writing your own medicine music, right? So if you can just do 1% every day of something that was the vibrational alignment with what your soul loves to do, beyond what you think can make money you'll be amazed at the doors and opportunities that will open up to you without having to just fully jump out of your job and be like now i have so much pressure on anything that i do to have to make me money between my bills how the fuck am i gonna make money from swimming swimming itty bitty spider on the guitar like i'm just gonna sit on the street with a hat out and be like itty bitty spider can you give me some money 
You know? Yeah, because I listened to this podcast and quit my job. This is awful advice, you know. Eventually, eventually something will open up so like tantalizing and you and and, and there's still gonna have to be a leap of faith at some but it's not gonna be as much as like just cold turkey and then into a whole new timeline but what can how can you recognize that your greatest currency is your attention and if you place your attention for one hour on something that really nourishes you on a soul level it will open up doors but just be really mindful where you're sending your attention because you can just reallocate the hour that you spend online scrolling on instagram and just reallocate it towards journaling or writing or blogging blogging making video whatever like just reallocate your attention and it's it's so funny to hear about the beginning stages of your singing guys for everyone who's listening blue has one of the best voices i've ever heard she sings like an angel and the ceremony with her guitar it's funny to even hear you talk about you you squeaking or you know singing itsy bitsy spider even because it's like it is proof it's that little bit of attention that little extra tlc into just doing what you love and so much can be created from it because now that's such a big part of your life. It's such a huge part of my life. And I don't get afraid at all before anything. I get super excited. Like they asked me to sing. I'm not afraid now. But like back in the day, I was like, they asked me to sing. Oh my God. My literally like palms sweaty. Mom's spaghetti around my sweaty already. I'm nervous. Like I'm like, like out here like. Ah, ah. So, and now it's just like, ah, let's go slapping the booze. Because like, it's like, if you just continue to show up in that that terrifies the shit out of you eventually the grasp of fear doesn't have as much of a, of a grip on you and then all of a sudden it's like it just becomes a prayer not a performance like when i sing i'm praying i'm not performing i don't need to be on a pedestal i don't need to be on a stage higher than you guys i don't need to be proving anything there's by the way there's be a lot of beauty in performance but really what i'm referring to is that when you make an offering whether it's through your voice, whether it's through a dance, it's not a performance of like, hey, look at me. It's a prayer of going, I'm sharing this because it's allowing me to connect to the divine. It's a yeah. it's a very different energetic. So in the in the context of being in a ceremony, I'm not performing. If I'm sitting with ayahuasca and I'm like really feeling the medicine and I'm like wanting to connect with one of my diets, being Bob and Sanish, she's a, a master plant teacher and and and, and I, I work deeply with her. She's she's a beautiful flower in the Amazon jungle. And if I want to connect with her, one of the best ways to connect with her is through singing. So I sing Sidonita Bob and Sana, not to perform, but to activate the spirit of unconditional love, which is the spirit of Bob and Sana in this space as a prayer and now all of a sudden it takes the pressure off me of having to be perfect or having to hit all of the right notes or having to sound a certain way and allowing me to just recognize that just by singing has become medicine for myself and if it becomes medicine for other people that's a bonus but really this is my space from a place of facing my fear and doing it anyway Lou I love you so much I could listen to you for hours and it's such a gift to have the messages you share the way you show up with unconditional love it is such a gift to have you in my life. It is such a gift to have you here to share your message, to be able to make a ripple in, you know, anyone who's anyone's life who's this podcast. Blue's potent. She's next level. It's just the beginning. She's she's barely scratched the surface and she's already done so much. But this is I just see it. I I see such big things for you. And and I know you're just scratching the surface. I want to 
viewers to be able to find you. So where do they find you? How do they connect to you? What does that look like? So I have a website, which is like the hub of all of the things. Um, that's www.blueofearth.com. And then I am Blue of Earth on Instagram as well. B-L-U, no E. And that is like, I'm really active on Instagram. A little bit, maybe too much. <laughs> like I share a lot of what's like going on in, in, in between I have for the past decade. And so what I like to feel my Instagram is more of an online community of like-minded individuals, of a place of inspiration, of a place of empowerment, of a place of um, like we've just started a 40 days of devotion. It's like a, it's a challenge, a global movement that's happening, which is really, really, really special. And there's just, I, I post podcast snippets of the podcast every week on my Instagram. And then also you can check out my podcast, which is the Deja Blue podcast. And that is on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. And so it's a, uh, we have videos and all of that good stuff and have really, really phenomenal uh, thought-provoking experts of their craft uh, guests on the podcast. We cover a whole variety of different things. So all of the taboo, female empowerment, to uh, pussy magic, to working with the elements, to remembering past lives, to uh, interdimensional beings that communicate through us, to learning how to channel, to breath work, to biohacking, to all of the things, you know, environmental issues, whatever. We really cover like a whole wide range of topics. So that's kind of like the places you can find me right now. Beautiful. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. Is there any last, I don't know, words of wisdom, advice, anything you'd like to share with the listeners before we end our session here today? To honor the nature of everything that we've discussed, I guess the last thing that I would say is don't sleep on your own potential that this life you came to this life you're floating on a massive rock curling through space at millions of miles an hour held into orbit by a giant ball of fire like at the end of the day it's just a pretty magical experience we don't even really maybe remember why we chose to come here but we're here inevitably and so the invitation is to get out of uh, the shoulds like any anytime you've been told you should go to get a real job or you should do this or you should do that that's basically somebody else's projection of their map of consciousness projected onto your experience and so the the invitation is to release the shoulds and to start listening to what lights you up from the inside out because that's your greatest contribution to the collective healing is when your joy your celebration your expression in your own unique lane is shared with others and inspires others will have a more beautiful world to live in but it requires us to transmute the shoulds and allow us to start listening to the whispers of our own hearts so that's the invitation is don't sleep on your own potential and let's go all in this is the year let's go 2023 baby let's do it that was so beautifully said Blue, thank you so much for being here. My absolute gift and pleasure. Such an honor to be the number two podcast. And yeah, by the way, anything I learned from childhood, from childhood rhymes is first the worst, second the best, third the one with the hairy chest, fourth the golden <laughs> eagle. So first the worst, second the best. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. My childhood programming. <laughs> not a competition. And side note, I can't even remember if I said this at the beginning, but I will share it again. If I didn't, Blue is the inspiration behind this entire podcast starting when I met her and I saw what she was doing. I was so inspired. And, you know, I was like, this is something I totally see myself doing. And I was like, picking Blue's brain and asking her all the questions. And she was so just like, she would share completely. She's like, yeah, this is how I did it. This is how I started. Gave me, gave me a couple seeds that, you know, I decided, you know, these seeds I want to water. I would like to do this. And so it's really cool, full circle to be here and to actually have you as a guest on the podcast that you inspired me to start. <laughs> 
showing up and support. You know, I believe in you. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Allie on Inside Out with Allie. Until next time, we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Inside Out with Allie. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and leave a rating and review. To stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at insideout.traveler. Thanks again, and we will see you next week.